0: a life coach and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Lady Boy Gigi and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey guys! <laughs> And you're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. Tonight we're going to be continuing on our mini-series. It's looking at sexual issues people may have. And we're following Dr. Patty Britton's book on the art of sex coaching. Basically, we're following along in the order she has some of these issues listed in the book. And before we get into sexual issues, I'd like to say that not all sexual issues are negative. There's some, like wanting to expand and get into more spiritual sexuality or learn advanced techniques that you hadn't been taught, because we don't get a good sex ed in this country or many places of the world. So we want to provide some of that sex ed. And so this series is aimed at looking at different issues people may have to improve their sex lives. And I'm going to let Paul introduce our topic tonight.
1: Thank you, Gigi. As Gigi said, we're working from the Art of Sex Coaching, Expanding Your Practice, by Dr. Patty Britton. And we got the idea to do this mini-series because, as often happens, Gigi was asking me if I had a good idea for a topic, and I suggested us do a topic on sexual issues that people have. Gigi said, well, that's a very, very big, broad category, and we really need to make a mini-series if we're going to do it. One of the things that made me want to do this is, as many of you know, Gigi got his license as a sex coach. And part of doing that work was learning how to work with some of these issues and work through some of them. I've always thought it was very interesting. One of the things early on in my training, really the first thing we tackled was... I had an issue around what I used to call premature ejaculation but Dr. Britton suggests using the term early ejaculation because premature sounds like a judgment and as we talk a lot on this channel the things that you feed your brain the the microaggressions you make against yourself they may not seem like that big a deal, but it definitely shapes the way that you think about yourself and your sex life. And if you're feeding yourself the message that I came prematurely, that is a judgment against yourself, like you didn't do good enough. Whereas early ejaculation is a more neutral term and it doesn't assign blame. Orgasms are good, like Yay, you had an orgasm. Great. You can still work through these issues if you would like to change the nature of the way that you have sex. It's completely reasonable to work on these things. But you shouldn't internalize self-judgment and tear yourself down because of these things.
0: I'm glad you bring that up because so often language is very reflective of how we self-prophesize about ourselves. I know a lot of people call the male member junk. (laughs) Hey, mine's not junk, mine's
1: precious.
0: (laughs) And I'd like to clarify that because oftentimes when we think of our genitals is something that's junk. It's like, oh, it's worthless. It's bad. It's evil. (laughs) It's trash. (laughs) And I like to think of mine as something beautiful that brings me so much pleasure and brings me to states of ecstasy that I never knew were possible. And so that junk really doesn't reflect well for me anyway. But I do like to be a little careful of my language and how I speak of things on this show and in my regular life. Because oftentimes when we think of a word that is negative and we own it in a sense, it starts at a subconscious level becoming our thought process. Oh, this is worthless, this thing between my legs. (laughs) And so I like to take a more spiritual and positive approach.
1: Thank you. Another thing I'll point out is that it is often through trying to overcome things that we find hidden strengths that we didn't know that we had. We'll be getting into some of the ways to work through these things later in the episode. But... For example, the fact that I had problems with early ejaculation meant that because I want to please my partner, I had to get really good with my mouth and my hands and other forms of sex that weren't penis and vagina or penis and anus kinds of sex. I had to get good with foreplay and manual manipulation and fingering and and all of these things and then now that i have worked on my early ejaculation and i don't really have that problem anymore i have all of these strengths and gifts that i learned because i had to work around my early ejaculation so Another thing, if there is some sort of an issue that you have that makes it hard for you to have sex in the way that you would like to, look at it as a learning opportunity and the chance to broaden your horizons and expand what sex is for you. Because so many people, especially Americans, have this very narrow vision of what sex is. It is penetrative. It's always one person dominant, the other person submissive, all these kinds of things. And if that's not the kind of sex you're having, you're not really having sex. Well, that's not the way I see it at all. Sex is a very broad category of different things that we do with each other to bring pleasure to ourselves and to our partners and expanding your view of sex and expanding your definition of sex really can help you learn a lot more and learn different techniques and it's absolutely wonderful i would highly recommend even if you don't deal with any of the issues that we're going to talk about It's really look inside and maybe challenge what your ideas of what sex is and broaden your perspective and your horizons.
0: Tonight we're going to be talking about early ejaculation, delayed ejaculation. Oftentimes in our culture we're taught that, oh, men can get hard on the moment's notice and stay hard as long as they want. And and we look at not being able to reach a climax, especially with ejaculation, where it seems, well, I should be able to do this. And a lot of times we get misinformed about what sex really is. A lot of men think ejaculation and orgasm are the same thing. And they're totally different things. It's just and many men, the way we're culturated, they occur at the same time. And so we'll be covering a lot of information tonight.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'd like to start off the conversation by bringing the focus into we're going to do two at the same time early ejaculation and delayed ejaculation. Because Often, these are two sides of the same coin. A lot of younger men and also people who have penises, we're taught from a young age. A lot of people don't have privacy as they're growing up. And you hit puberty and you start to want to explore yourself Maybe your bedroom shares a wall with your parents. Maybe you're unlucky and you actually share a room with one of your parents or with a sibling. And you have to be really quiet and you have to sneak around. And a lot of the times, one of the things this leads to is for people to jack off when they have a few spare moments but you don't want to make it last too long because you don't want to get caught what you're doing when you do this is you're training your body to respond the same way when you ha- start having sex and it's even harder sometimes because the excitement of being with a partner especially if you're fairly inexperienced The excitement gets really high and you get so turned on so quickly that it's over before you really are ready for it to to be over. And that's a very common thing in society. And you don't need to feel bad if it's something that you, you deal with. Like I said, I was training with Gigi. I was... 33 and still had major problems with early ejaculation. And it is something I felt a lot of, like, shame around. One of the reasons I got good at oral and good with my hands is because it was to overcompensate for, for the shortcoming. And I learned how to have really great sex even before... I learned how to overcome my early ejaculation. And I I could have had a very fulfilling sex life if I had never really learned how to navigate with it and things like that. But one of the things Gigi taught me very early on is that as you're going through the process of learning how to build up your stamina and work with these sexual feelings. So often we keep all of the sexual energy in our genitals and we're completely like focused in on our genitals to the point where we kind of ignore what's happening in the rest of our body. And Gigi taught me that like, first of all, when you're working through this and trying to build your stamina, you need to focus on your breath because focusing on your breath will take your focus away from your genitals and into the rest of your body. And then focus on how the rest of your body feels and do things to stimulate the rest of your body and have your partner do things to you that stimulate other parts of your body than your genitals and as you do that you move the focus away and especially with the breathing because the breathing will also help you like steady out your energy and because a lot of times when people are having sex they kind of hold their breath until they can't hold it any longer, and then they take a few deep breaths, and then they keep on going at it. But when you breathe the entire time that you're having sex, and you're focused in on the act of breathing, not only is it taking your focus away from your genitals, but it is also like feeding your body all of the air. It helps the energy circulate It helps your blood circulate. It makes you better at fucking, honestly. It's all really good when you start on this. So that would be my first suggestion to people who find themselves in a position of having issues with early ejaculation.
0: Another thing that will help tremendously is to start exercising your sex muscles. That will give you a lot greater control on when you orgasm, or if you choose not to orgasm, (laughs) and just build that energy and circulate it. Part of learning, like any other activity, learning how to exercise and get your body in good shape for something I mean, a runner wouldn't just go out and try to run a marathon without doing some practice and working their muscles and building up. Why would one want to have good sex, great sex, when your sex muscles are undeveloped and not exercised well? And so I think that's a big step on helping with all kinds of issues, and this applies to both males and females, Work those sex muscles, the Kegel muscles or PC, pubococcygeus muscles, exercise them, get them in good shape, and that will go a long way in making your everything in sex that much better.
1: So, for those who are unaware of what your pubococcygeus muscles are, your Kegels, it's a muscular sling that goes from your tailbone to your pubic bone. And it kind of goes like basically from your asshole to like right under your balls if you have balls. So if you've ever squeezed your butt muscles a little bit and felt that if you want to make your dick bounce a little bit like that squeeze that you do to make that happen is working out your pubococcygeus muscles and if you can do that squeeze and kind of feel that little bounce you can play around with it a little bit when you first start out you don't want to Overextend your muscles. Like normally, I suggest about two or three times a day, just kind of working out the muscles a little bit, and you don't have to get real fancy at first. What Gigi taught me to do is sync it up with my breath. And as I did an inhale, I would squeeze the muscle. And then when I got to an exhale, I'd relax the muscle. You can also do it the other way where you squeeze on an exhale and relax on an inhale, whichever is more comfortable for you. And then once you get used to to doing that, about five minutes at a time, two or three times a day, just work on squeezing those muscles a little bit and if you work on it for a week or two, you will notice that you have more control over over it. And as you gain more control, you can find that you can squeeze a little bit and then squeeze a little bit harder and then squeeze a little bit harder and then squeeze a little bit harder. You might have begin like only having two uh settings like squeeze a little like halfway and then squeeze all the way. But as you work it out more, you'll have more control over that muscle. And as you get better at it, you can do different patterns. Like you can squeeze like one third of the way and then squeeze the second third of the way and then squeeze all the way and then relax. Or you can do do it real quick. Like you can do squeeze, relax, squeeze, relax, squeeze, relax, squeeze, relax. You can do soft, like one soft one and then relax, and then one hard one and then relax, and then one soft one and then relax. And you can do different patterns. And like one of my favorite is doing a slow inhale. And like as I'm breathing, like at the beginning of my breath, I start squeezing and I gradually get harder and harder and harder and harder until it's a full squeeze by the time. I breathe in all the way, and then I hold my breath for 10, 15 seconds, and then start relaxing. And there again, as you're blowing out and you're breathing out slowly, you start relaxing, and only by the time that you've completely released your breath is it fully relaxed. And then again, hold your breath for about 10, 15 seconds, and then do that again. There's a lot of different ways and there's no wrong way to do it but the more you work out your pc muscles the the better you will be at being able to control your orgasm and not having early ejaculation you'll have fuller erections even people with vaginas who do pc muscles a lot of times People with vaginas, we don't think of them as having erections, but then all of that erectile tissue is still there, like along the walls of of the vagina, and you'll find that you have better erections in your erectile muscles when you're having sex. So that works with both vagina havers and penis havers.
0: Doing the PC muscle exercises, a lot of the erectile tissue is around the clitoris. And the clitoris is more than just that little tip. (laughs) It goes all around. It's shaped like a wishbone. Yeah, it's shaped like a wishbone. And all you see, really, when you pull back the clitoral hood is the tip of the clitoris. But with some PC muscle exercises, you can get that little... Uh, I like to call it polishing the pearl Uh, You can get that little pearl rock hard
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's another big thing that Gigi taught me On my path to having more stamina Like during sex And it it really, really helped a whole lot One of the nice things about doing PC muscle exercises Is that you can do them anywhere and no one can really tell that you're doing them when you're doing them. So you can do it at the office at work. You can do it. One of the things I do, like after I had been working them out for a while, is if I'm watching TV that has commercials in it, I'll do it the entire time that commercials are on. Or if I go and use the bathroom like pc muscles are also the ones that if you're trying to hold in a pee and you don't want to pee like that's also the pc muscle so you can like kind of pee a little bit and then like turn off the the faucet and then pee a little bit more and then turn off the faucet and stuff like that and then after i'd get done using the bathroom i would come back in and sit down and do PC muscles, I tried to find something that I do several times a day to just add a little reminder like, oh, this is something that reminds me to do my PC muscle exercises and do it then. And like, as you get better at doing them and as you build up your muscles, you'll find yourself doing them without even thinking about it. And like, you'll be surprised to realize that you're doing them. Uh, it's great. We could talk all day about it.
0: And there's another additional benefit for guys, well, for women too. As you develop your PC muscles, the head of your cock, when you squeeze, will expand out bigger and bigger over time as your muscles get more developed. And the same thing goes for the clitoris. For those women out there, if you squeeze and work them up, your clitoris will get a little bit bigger, a little more swollen when you squeeze. And that can feel so good once you start getting really in shape sexually.
1: (laughs) We talked about it a little bit earlier, but one of the big things with early ejaculation is that you get in your head and you get excited when you're experiencing it it feels like a purely physical phenomenon but the more you work with it and the more that you recognize how things affect you a lot of it is really in your thinking and in your head like one of the other exercises that uh, Gigi had me do in the beginning was to start masturbating and whether I got to the point where I wanted to have an ejaculation in 30 seconds or it took a couple of minutes or five minutes or 20 minutes, take my hands off of my cock and feel the rest of my body and play with my nipples and like massage my my taint and As the urge to have an orgasm starts to go away, maybe lightly stroke my penis, but not really stimulate it too much, not full-on masturbation, just like using the tips of my finger to play with myself. and Because what you're looking for when you're trying to extend your stamina is... You're looking because a a lot of times for people who have problems with early ejaculation, the, the gulf between like, this feels really good. I like this feeling and I'm going to have an orgasm is very, very small. There's not a whole lot of difference. And you're looking to expand the feeling of pleasure that you have that, is between like, this feels really good and I enjoy it, and orgasm. You're trying to get more distance between those two feelings. And having worked on this myself, I can tell you that there are times where I can stay on the edge of an orgasm that would have put me way over orgasm when i first started doing this work and i can just stay there in perpetuity i can just stay there and pretty for a very prolonged time the feeling that triggers orgasm is going to get further and further away it's going to be that your body can enjoy pleasure beyond the level that you currently are, and you'll feel even higher depths of sexual ecstasy when you're having sex.
0: Another thing that occurs is that as you start prolonging the orgasm, and and especially the ejaculation, all of a sudden you're going to start feeling more pleasure, and then when you do finally have that ejaculation, it's going to be much more intense than in the past because you built up so much much sexual energy, and you've circulated it in your body, and it can lead to full-body orgasms and to these amazing multiple orgasms. And sometimes orgasm doesn't include ejaculation. Sometimes you can have orgasms and not have the ejaculate, ejaculation. And it's really all about focusing more on the pleasures of sexuality instead of focusing on the goal of orgasm. In fact, when I first started training Paul, I said, You can play with yourself all you want. Just don't have an orgasm and don't ejaculate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's one of the things I was going to get into. If you have problems with early ejaculation, like I said, we'd started doing the thing where I would start masturbating and then whenever I felt the urge, I would take my hands off and and circulate the energy and move it around. And then I'd do it a little bit more and I'd do it a little bit more and then go and cool down and circulate the energy again. And normally I would do that about five or six times till I so desperately wanted an orgasm. But then I I wouldn't. One of the things that is really amazing when you're trying to build up your stamina is deciding to be completely okay with not having an orgasm every time you masturbate. At this point, I don't want an orgasm every time I masturbate. I enjoy them when they happen. But if you kind of let it build up, like first of all, you will build up more fluid. First of all, you'll have heavier loads you'll have a lot more calm you'll squirt like five feet in the air and impress yourself and all your partners it's really great but getting past the idea but it goes back into one of the things that we were saying with when you have a very narrow definition of what sex is sex is when you play with your partner and you put your penis in their vagina or their anus and then you come. Like, of course that's what sex is. No. Like, sex doesn't always involve orgasms. Sex doesn't always involve penetration. It Sex is a very, very broad thing. And so getting past the idea that you have to have an orgasm to masturbate or to have sex is a really powerful thing to to work on in your life. So like, I think it's really, really powerful.
0: And I think it is important to separate the idea that ejaculation is orgasm. I have had ejaculations without orgasm. Not much fluid comes out, but it kind of shoots out. It's quickie sex and there's just not much orgasm connected with it. And then I've had prolonged, I mean, I'm talking for a whole day or maybe even a whole weekend of constant stimulation where I didn't orgasm and I didn't ejaculate the whole time. And once you kind of get to that level, it's like, oh my. <laughs> it's indescribable when you do finally come at the end. Sometimes I'll have orgasms without it ejaculating while I'm building up that energy over a long period of time and it's like all of a sudden my whole body starts tingling and it's a little bit different type of orgasm but it feels so good <laughs> and I kind of want to distinguish between the two because too often in our culture especially for men we think oh ejaculation is orgasm And no, this is part of the process of learning your body about your body that sometimes I can build this energy up to the point where I have a non-ejaculatory orgasm and sometimes full body orgasms. And until I started practicing these disciplines, I always jerked off and came and shot my load and had an orgasm and thought, oh, that's the same thing. And then I learned through some of these practices that, ooh, I can have some non-ejaculatory orgasms. And for men, a lot of times when they ejaculate, it kind of shuts everything down. But orgasming without ejaculation, you can go for hours. (laughs) Oh, you want to do station break? Yeah, and the time does fly so. (laughs) While we're talking about all this issues around sexuality, I want to remind people that sometimes it takes someone to keep you accountable, keep you on track. And if you want to set some sexual goals, I do sex coaching. And part of sex coaching is to help someone identify what their sexual goals are to begin with and then keep them accountable on doing the exercises, doing the homework, and I almost hate to call it homework, it's more fun work, erotic work, within the parameters. And oftentimes we have to shift the focus from the goal of orgasm to the goal of pleasure. And that takes some practice and time. And at first, it's excruciating. I know from my own life, when I had to go through this process of not being able to ejaculate at first, or even orgasm, I'd have to stop all touching. (laughs) And it was driving me crazy, (laughs) or it seemed like it at the time. So sometimes having a sex coach to hold you accountable and help you work through these things can be a big plus. So if you're interested in sex coaching, you can contact me and there's a whole ton of sex coaches out there that are well certified through Sex Coach University. Sex coaching can take you to that whole next level and help you through the process because it is a difficult process to really learn and stay on track with. And of course, I have my other website, ravenslayerleather.com, where I have a lot of information about sex and Aphrodite's temple. We do virtually now once a month, and that's at ladyboytemple.com. So if you're interested in really expanding and working with others through the arts of sexuality come to temple once a month find kindred spirits to work with you on this anything you want to add
1: yes i think you neglected to tell people uh the website for your sex coaching business and that website is ggwilbur.com. that's Two G's, W-I-L-B-U-R dot At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently.
0: By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single
1: day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. To jump back into our topic, I think that we've covered early ejaculation, and I'd like to shift the focus to delayed ejaculation. And just as lots of younger people who have a penis tend to have issues around early ejaculation. A lot of people find later in their life that they have delayed ej- ejaculation. And some of the causes are come from similar things. When it comes to you know, mindset and things like that, it, especially if you've had the same sex partner for a really long time, And you've gotten into a rhythm and you always do it XYZ, maybe missionary, or, you know, maybe occasionally throwing in doggy. or couples just get into rhythms. Over time, the lack of spontaneous and spontaneity can affect the way that you think about sex. And you might still really like having sex, and you might love the way that you have sex with your partner. But since it's been the same for a number of years, that kind of mentality that that gets you in can make it difficult to reach a full orgasm. So I think that that's a big part of it.
0: Also, for men that masturbate, it's going to be different when you masturbate than when you are having penis and vagina sex or penis and anal sex. You know your cock, you know, just the right pressures to use, so what strokes to use. And you can sometimes you can just get yourself off so good by yourself. But when you're with a partner, it can be very difficult because the pressures are different. And I know a lot of times what happens is over time, you've conditioned your body to a certain type of feeling before you can reach orgasm. And so part of the technique is to recondition your body for different types of sex, not the same routine. And using different pressures and also taking the focus off of orgasm and back into pleasure. Orgasms will happen in time. And I like to say this to everybody. It's like an orgasm only lasts a few moments for most people. But raising pleasure and feeling ecstasy can last hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I know that some of the best sex I've ever had didn't involve orgasms. One of the things, like going back to if you masturbate, especially if you use a really hard grip when you masturbate, a vagina or an anus cannot match the level of pressure that your hand can. And if you train yourself to only be able to come with that Kung Fu grip, like, Even if your partner has the kegels of the gods, they're never gonna be able to match the grip strength of your hand. So if you have gotten to a point where you only come with that Kung Fu Fu grip, stop doing it. Don't allow yourself to have that kind of release at all. And eventually you can retrain your body To respond to different stimulus and different pressure. It might, if you have a partner and you're trying to have orgasms with them, you might get to the point where you don't masturbate at at all. Or one of the techniques that Gigi has taught me is that occasionally you give yourself a challenge where you don't touch your genitals. You can still have fun. You can still play around, but just don't touch your genitals at all and see the different levels that you can bring yourself to. Again, another thing that Gigi already mentioned, but it bears repeating, is switching your focus from the achieving an orgasm to achieving pleasure for you and your partner. Because a lot of times we get stuck in this kind of mindset that sex is a very goal-oriented endeavor. And once you get past the goal-oriented and get more into being pleasure-oriented, it really kind of shifts the way that you think about sex. And also, can lead to unexpected orgasms, and that that can be really fun too, for especially again for older people. Once you live long enough and you learn how your body works and you get in a rhythm, you know how to make yourself come, but then you only come that specific way, and you never have the sheer pleasure of a spontaneous completely from left field orgasm. And then when you start focusing on pleasure and one of the things that Gigi teaches me a lot is to switch off that analytical calculating part of the brain and just focus on your body and focus on your partner and focus on the energy that you're sharing together and And the moment that you're sharing with them. And that way. You're not constantly. like Analyzing like. Oh if I did this. Or if I got this right here. Then I could reach orgasm. Once you're completely in the moment. And you have an orgasm. It will take you completely by surprise. And especially if you haven't. Had an orgasm like that in a long time. It can be. So amazing and beautiful. And this isn't just older people.
0: Sometimes young guys fall into this kind of trap, especially if they've had to come quickly because of living situation and not wanting to get caught. Oftentimes we teach ourselves inadvertently how to have quick orgasms and sometimes that can interfere down the road a little bit in the sense that all of a sudden I want to please a partner and it kind of has a boomerang effect where you can't come anymore. All of a sudden, you, no matter how you stimulate it. <laughs> and it's partly just that sense of, well, sex is this. I've got to get it off and do it just right, and if you kind of get out of that mindset and focus more on your body and the pleasures you're getting, and take orgasm out of the picture for a little while, I'm not saying don't ever come again, I'm saying for a couple of weeks, don't orgasm, don't ejaculate take some time to really explore your body and learn about your body and see where it can take you. And I I mean, one of the things I learned was if I take a little time and build up this sex energy, yeah, I can shoot my load right now. Or if I just see where this will go and take the time and really the fortitude to prolong it and make it something that you're so hungry for over a period of time, when you do come, it's going to be an extraordinary orgasm and an extraordinary ejaculation.
1: <laughs> One of the things I'd like to to get into a little bit is how partners fit into the equation. Because I know a lot of times If you are a supportive partner, there might be people listening to this podcast who have have a partner who either has problems with early ejaculation or delayed ejaculation, and maybe you're listening to see what you can do to help. And the answer is you can do a lot for people who have partners who have early ejaculation, You can have your partner listen to this podcast and work on doing some of the things that we talked about together. When you do have sex, um, maybe you want to start doing kegels with your partner and doing these PC exercises. And it will increase both of your sex life by a whole lot. And partners that maybe have a partner that has delayed ejaculation, you can take some of the focus away from orgasms and things. Because I I find one of the things that happens sometimes is there are a lot of people that have kind of been trained that like, if they don't give their partner an orgasm, they're doing something wrong. And whether you show it or not your partner will pick up on it and it might be that that pressure that you are inadvertently putting on your partner or maybe actively putting on your partner might be part of the thing that's like hanging them up because they get so into their head like if i don't come my partner is going to be think that they're not worthy and that i don't really find them attractive and oh my god I've, I've got to come because if i don't come my partner is going to internalize it and feel that they're not sexy or that you know, any number of things and that pressure a lot of times can be the very thing that is keeping your partner from having an orgasm. So one of the things you can do is actively tell your partner that you understand that them not having an orgasm has nothing to do with you and that you love sharing the the time that you're having sex with your partner with them, whether they have an orgasm or not, and maybe get more into feelings and things like that. And you can maybe build them up maybe tell them that you know i i think you're so beautiful i think that it's amazing that you work so much to make me feel so good and feed them a lot of positive encouragement and it might help them or it might not but it will make them feel better about not having an orgasm while you're having sex
0: another thing that will help Whole lot is to take the focus off of orgasm and really discover in each other what types of touch, what types of sensations bring pleasure to each of you. And one of the things I, one of the training materials I have is the erotic body map. And each person suggests do the erotic body map first by themselves, then come together as a couple and share it with each other, and even share some of the exercises together on this process of discovering our body map, our sexual body map, because we're all built a little differently. And it's taking that... I mean, when we start focusing on Can I bring my partner to an orgasm, or can I orgasm fast enough or slow enough? All that's performance issues, and it's focusing on performance, not on the love and pleasures. and It gets us out of our body and too much into that analytical thinking. It's not a problem to be solved analytically. The way to solve the problem is to get back into our bodies and see where is the pleasure? How do I create even more pleasure for myself and for my partner? How does my partner create more pleasure in their body? And this works no matter if you're gay, lesbian, straight, whatever your choice of partners, just communicating And that's why the erotic body map is so great, because it is a communication tool that's based on communicating pleasure.
1: Yeah, definitely. And one of the things we didn't cover earlier, but I'd like to to mention, is neither me nor Gigi are doctors. And it is important to talk to your doctor, especially with delayed orgasm it might be because of something physically that is happening with you and medication. our medication and you want to talk to your doctors to make sure that it it's not a, a physical thing that is causing the problems and if you are on a medication I'm I'm on antidepressants and they make it fairly difficult for me to have an orgasm I kind of made my peace, and I low-key love it, but because it means that if I want an orgasm, I have to try really, really, really hard for it. But that's neither here nor there. But if you are on a medication, or there is some sort of thing that's going on in your body that makes it harder to have an orgasm, there might be physical things that would lead you to having premature ejaculation. I know that, you know, one of my problems was when they did my circumcision, they cut a little too much off of it, and it made me overly sensitive. So that can also be an issue. And overcoming these these physical things is not impossible. But It's best to understand what is going on with you and how it's affecting you. And also understand that you're not alone and that there's a lot of people out there who have issues with early ejaculation or delayed ejaculation. And that it might be that you can employ some of these techniques and have an ejaculation at the time that you would like to have an ejaculation but also if you never quite get there or you only get part of the way there. Learning how to enjoy sex even if you do have these issues is another really, really important thing. Sex isn't just for people who live inside perfect body is that never experience any medical issues, never experience any side effects from medications that they're on, with a six-pack and a slim body isn't built like an Adonis, sex is for everyone. And like, especially with medical issues, you have to be careful. There's some medical issues that can make full-blown sex really risky, but that doesn't take All forms of sexual pleasure off of the table work with your doctors and work with your partners and figure out what's good and what feels good and it's a collaborative effort really good sex really is a collaborative effort so those are some important things to kind of keep in mind
0: oftentimes we think oh I should be this I should be that or maybe there's some body image issues getting in the way of sex. And that can go a long ways. I know a lot of guys think, oh, am I big enough? Is my cock big enough? <laughs> Let me tell you, I've known people with micro penises and big ones. <laughs> eight, eight, nine inches. <laughs> and it's not so much how big it is, it's how you use it. And I've had some great sex with well-built guys and big with big cocks and I've had great sex with people with micro penises less than an inch long it's all in how you use them and they can be very amazing and really the I think one of the things that's so beautiful about focusing more on pleasure instead of on reaching orgasm or on performance is that once you start focusing on pleasure then you start opening new doors new avenues to bring greater pleasure to each other and that's what really great sex is all about is bring it's it's a journey into ecstasy for both partners to really reach that higher level of and I think of it as kind of a spiritual level of consciousness where we get into this head space where all of a sudden we're fully present with our partner. We are fully connected. And connection comes from really more on the pleasure end than on the doing the right position or doing this mechanical stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah and to go back to the the thing that you were saying about people who have concerns about how big they are, I can tell you we we run a sex temple i've seen I've seen lesbians make each other squirt buckets and buckets and buckets and come a whole lot. neither of them have a penis, so like you can have really amazing sex however big your penis is. I used to listen to Dan Savage's show a lot. He shared an anecdote about how he found that a lot of the partners of men with micropenises that he had met, their partner satisfaction is actually really, really high because it goes back to one of the things I was talking about early in the episode is that when you have some sort of a, a blockage or some sort of a, a thing, a issue that holds you back, you do things to overcompensate for it. And, you know, he was talking about how a lot, a lot of guys with micrococks get really, really good with the strap on and really really have fun with it with any kind of sexual issue like if you can get to a point where you and your partner can make jokes about it and laugh about it if you can make your partner just die laughing while you're having sex it's a great time it's a great thing and i think that if we get to the point where We don't take ourselves so seriously, and we don't dwell on our shortcomings. You can turn it into something funny and wonderful and just another quirk about you that your partner loves.
0: I think another thing that comes up oftentimes is we're so bombarded with images of romance from Hollywood and... This is the right way to do it. and Or and m- much of media displays this kind of correct way that sex should be. And it's a lot of hogwash. <laughs> Too often we get caught up in, oh, am I doing it right? Am I, am I OK? Am I-? And I can say yes because you've been given a body with genitals that has the capacity to reach states of ecstasy through either masturbation or with a partner. You can take your body into amazing places and bring yourself to amazing places through the art of sex, And when we start thinking of it more as an art than as this erector set that we've got to piece together with moving parts that have to move just the right way, all of a sudden sex becomes more of a fluid experience, a more amazing kind of intuitive experience instead of this equation that we have to answer. So that's a big part of what I think happens when we focus more on pleasure instead of on orgasms, is that all of a sudden we're focusing on the more dynamic part of sexuality, that part that's fluid and alive and, and bonding and connecting, instead of on the equations and solving a puzzle, <laughs> Well, we're at the top of the hour already. Any last thoughts, Paul?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that this is going to be an, an ongoing series we're going to be talking about for a while. And I think that whatever hang-ups you have, whatever issues that you have, whatever thing that holds you back from having the kind of sex that you want to have. I I hope that we cover it in the coming weeks. But whether we cover it in detail or not, understand like Gigi was saying, that you ha- you are a person with a sexual body and you deserve to to feel sexual pleasure. And you might have to, to work with it. You might have to figure out what that means in their case. There are people who have like nerve issues where they can't even feel their genitals, who still have a, a, a full and vibrant sex life. No matter what the issue that you have is, you can find ways to, to work with it and overcome it you are not without hope you can have a full and beautiful sex life no matter who you are and that's one of the things that we're here for to to help you through and to work with and i think that it is your birthright as a human being to have really good sex and if you have an issue that
0: you'd like us to address on this show contact me, write me, send me an email. My email address is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at com. And send me a little note, or I'm also on Facebook. Drop me a line. Let me know what you'd like to hear on this show. What issues would, or even what Areas you'd like to explore sexually. Maybe we haven't even touched on it yet in this show. And if you have something, I'd love to kind of, if I don't know the answer, I have plenty of people that I can reach out to and get the answer. So I don't think there's an ans- a sexual issue or even concern or even a sexual goal. And I don't want to just put it in the negative. Some people may want, To have a new, whole new, earth shattering experience sexually and don't know how to get there. And that can be kind of an amazing journey. I've taken, I've worked with people that had no feeling from the waist down and taught them how to, through some practices, how to use other parts of their body to have full-blown orgasms. And they have. It's amazing what you can do once you start working on different techniques. And I've studied a lot of these, and they do work. (laughs) Well, we're at the end of the hour. Have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. And we'll be going through all kinds of different techniques and ways to work around sexual issues and to create a better sex life, if you so desire. Have a good night.
1: Good night.
0: (laughs) I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you.